Welcome to Sportsman of Colorado, Colorado's premier outdoor radio show heard every Saturday afternoon on KLZ 560 with insights on hunting, fishing, archery, guns, and ammo from Colorado's top outfitters featuring the industry's leading experts on how to enhance your experience in the great outdoors. Now, here's your host, Scott Watley. Good afternoon and welcome to Sportsman of Colorado. Again, thank you so much for joining us today. We want to start off and just wish everyone a very, very Merry Christmas and a uh, just a great time with friends and family and hope everyone will be safe out there. A lot of people on the roads and traveling, so uh, we do want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas. Before we get to our good friend Dan Johnson real quick, we're playing an encore presentation today um, of Chris Rowe. Chris was with us a few weeks ago, and Chris is an outstanding uh, hunter, wildlife biologist, and just had a lot of great information for us on elk hunting, deer hunting, turkey, and Chris also does some uh, hunts that we'll give you more information on with our that show. But we're going to kick it off today with our good friend Dan Johnson from Lynn Lyle Chevrolet. Dan, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. Merry Christmas to you and all your listeners, Scott. Hey, man, Merry Christmas to you guys. And, man, it's hard to believe uh, we're at the end of another year. <laughs> another year has gone by. Man, it has just Crazy. flown by, absolutely. Well, man, I, I, was, I drove by the other day on the way to an appointment there and looked over, and, man, a lot going on there. It looked like a lot of people were there at Lynn Lyle. So, as we've talked about all throughout the year, a lot of people just think, they always wait. This is the last time to buy, and we always dispel that myth with Lynn Lyle because you'll always do something special. But we do have to say it is a great day to come visit you. It is a great day. You probably haven't watched TV if you haven't seen a Chevy ad talking about buy like a GM employee, and that is a deal. Uh, and I got, I mean, the 18 trucks are almost gone. I probably got 30 left, so I say almost gone, but we sold three today already. So, you wow. know, I mean, they're flying off the shelf. Yeah, the deal's just so good. You yeah. know, you're talking okay. about up to $15,000 off off a truck, brand-new truck for $35,000. That's And a nice one mm-hmm. at that. So, yeah, sure. you know, that's a good deal. Uh, but, yeah, we're uh, that, that deal goes through January 2nd. So, uh, you know, we'll be here all next week. You know, except for obviously Christmas, and we won't be here Christmas Eve either. I'm going to give my people off uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, but then we're going to hit the ground running, finish it out strong. Right. Well, good deal. And, you know, I always mention this, and um, I know a gentleman came out to see you the other day. Um, I sent you that had some problems with the vehicle. Um, but, man, if people have the time um and can just come by and let or give you a call and let you know what they're looking for um more times than not you're going to come up with that vehicle i certainly try i have a couple of buyers out there at all times trying to buy used cars and you know or at auctions and you know we got some you know special websites and things that you know are dealer only type deals and you know we're all over it so you know and it's all it's all models you know it's not just general motors or chevrolet mm-hmm. you know i've got lexus for people i've gotten toyotas for people i've gotten hondas you know if i can if it's out there and you know a good buy i'm not going to do anything crazy for either one of us but uh you know if it's a good buy you know i'll i'll hunt it down and we'll try to make something happen sure so how the the 2019 silverado a beautiful new truck an all-new design uh i'm sure that's going pretty well too oh yeah that's that's been doing real well and that's that's just a beautiful truck uh from the ground up, it's a little bit bigger inside, uh, but overall, 
you know, same size truck. It, it is really, really, really nice. I mean, all new technology. All, I mean, I haven't even figured it out yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, these things are getting more complicated. But once you figure it out, it's really nice. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I was talking to people today, the, last week I believe it was, we talked about, or the week before we talked about leasing a little bit, and I got some uh, actually questions on that with Haystacks. So I'm going to touch on that again. I mean, you okay. do offer leases, but that is something, I guess, um, that you're um, uh, salesman or finance people, I don't know who would be the right person to do that, to go down and really, you know, find out that person's needs, what they're trying to accomplish. And so what does that conversation look like if someone's trying to decide between a lease and a purchase? Well, and, you know, leases scare people, um, but it truly is just another way to finance a car. However, you must structure it correctly. I mean, you can't, you know, do a, you know, on paper, do a 10,000 year mile lease and drive 30. You know, it's just, right. you know, that's where, that's where people get in trouble. Uh, if you structure it correctly and the manufacturers are incentivizing, which they do quite often. I mean, we have it on probably 60% of our inventory. We have incentivized leasing, which means, you know, the manufacturer is putting money towards either boosting the residual or buying the rate down or just giving money, you know, a rebate. Mm-hmm to the lease, which lowers the payment, uh, you know, you just got to look at it, compare it. And I'm happy to do it. And I actually make my salespeople do it. They do a comparison. You know, let's look at a lease. Let's look at a purchase. Let's look where we're at in 36 months. You know, that's where you can say timeout on a lease. Do my needs change? And I wrecked the car, all kinds of things could happen in three years. And, you know, and at that point you can either say timeout or, you know, if you love the car, never been in an accident, you can buy it out for the residual, which is usually a very fair amount, mm-hmm. and uh, keep going. And, and nine times out of ten, it's going to be as cheap or cheaper than just doing, say, a 72-month finance deal. Right. Straight out. Absolutely. Well, get out and see Dan. Um, and, again, I'd love for you, when you go there to visit, just walk in the door there. Dan's office is right off to the left there, glass office. Uh, so you can't miss him sitting in there. And let him know you heard about him here on Sportsman of Colorado. And, of course, they sponsor our Haystack Help Show and just uh, a terrific partner for us. And um, I'm telling you, it will be a fun day to go and buy a new vehicle. So get by and see him and a lot of great deals there this time of year. So, Dan. Hey, man, we appreciate it. And uh, will you be able to come to the ISC show this year, International Sportsman's Expo? I'm certainly going to try. All right, I'll drop, you off, make I'll drop yeah, you off some passes. Yeah. This. Yep, you yeah. bet. All right, we'd love to see right. you there. All right, All right. sir, have, have a good, a good day and Merry Christmas. All right, you too. Okay, sir. We're going to go to the phones now and talk to our good friend Chris Rowe, Rowe Hunting Resources, and we are already looking forward to the International Sportsman's Expo. Again, that will be coming up January 10th through the 13th, and uh, Chris will be back with us here, and he has uh, been there, uh, wow, the last several years. And, Chris, uh, first of all, welcome. Thanks for being with us here on Sportsman of Colorado. Oh, thanks for having me back again. I always enjoy it. How you been? I, I've been good, man. I've been good. I um I got a little greedy on my elk hunt. We did first rifle over in Kremling, and I had a, a nice nice five by five. I mean, not huge. Probably score about two eighty, two eighty five, something like that. And I was like, you know, man, it's the first day, and that thing uh, where you get greedy and you think, hey, I still got you know four and a half days left. I'm gonna wait and try to see if I can get something bigger. And uh, that opportunity never came. So you know, 
the old saying, don't pass up the first day what you take the yep. last day. So, uh, and I preach it all the time, and but I, I need to preach to myself on that. So, uh, but we did, we have, I did get a buck and a uh, archery uh, uh, white-tailed doe, and uh, got a bear in uh, Meeker uh, around Labor Day and all. So, had, had a fun nice. season. But uh, yeah, but man. I hate when I do that to myself. Yeah. Well, we're we're in the same boat, brother. I mean, I passed out a bunch of younger bulls, and literally the last day of my hunt, um, you know, not to not to dive too deep into it, but uh, the second, I guess I should say, the second to last day. It was a tough season for us. We hunted the first two weeks of archery, and I stayed in kind of a general same area because I had some family and some friends. It was this year was about um, just kind of going down memory lane and hunting with some folks I used to hunt with a lot in mm-hmm. places that I used to hunt a lot. And so it was just fun. My wife came with me for the first time since about 2006 with our horses. I mean, it, it was just a good trip down memory lane for wow. a bunch of us. So, you know, but it was a tough hunt and, and had several opportunities, the younger age class bulls, you know, and I just, I usually hold out for something a little bit better. And um, my freezer is, is somewhat full, so I, there was no pressure to, to just absolutely kill something. Right. But <laughs> what you just said was absolutely on point because the second to last day uh, that we were hunting, yeah, we got into some great, I mean, beautiful, big, mature bulls, uh, and I was hunting with my cousin, the one that uh, killed that really nice bull last year, mm-hmm. and we had started calling this bull starts coming in like a strong string, and Wind switches at 70 yards, and that bull just turns and blows out. And then all of a sudden, a big 6 by 6 shows up, goes after that bull with his cows. They tussle a little bit, go down over the hill, and we start calling. I mean, it was it was chaos. Wow. Well, they had to leave that day. And so the next morning was my last morning, and so I'm thinking, I'm, we're, I'm going right back, and I want to find that big 6 by 6 And so sure enough, I get back in the same area, and it's literally 30-minute hike from my camp. Hmm. And bull bugles, it's dark. I sit, wait, I'm thinking, here we go. Starts to get a little bit about daybreak. Pick up the, you know, I start calling. He starts coming in. I pick up the binoculars, and it's a two, probably a two-and-a-half-year-old, five-by-five. Nice bull, just beautiful body, big, fat. I mean, he was he would have been awesome for the freezer. <laughs> but guess who, like you said, <laughs> you got greedy. That bull comes in to 30 yards, stands there. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm on the main pack trail, 30 minutes, not even a 30-minute hike from camp, and I'm going, I, it, and it, you hear, you, know, you got that devil and the angel on sitting on both shoulders, and, right. and the little angel on the shoulder's like, we just put this, I, you just put this bull in your lap on the last day of your hunt in a place where it is a chip shot from from camp. Put this bull on the ground and, and fill your tag. Yeah. And then the other little voice is like, but there's that big six by six that's up the valley. Guess which one I left with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm telling you, and, and I don't know, I mean, for rifle, uh, and I know archery um, is less, but if you hear somewhere between, you know, 15, 18% success ratio. Um, you know, if you're hunting with a rifle and all of a sudden you have him at about nine, mine was about 90 yards broadside. And I'm, when you have a hundred percent chance at that, I don't know, not real good at math, but I, like I say, I probably should have taken that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's all right. That's why we live and learn. I mean, we've got plenty of lessons out of it and we can share those experiences and hope, 
you know, what, what's the adage? A smart person learns from their mistakes, but a wise person learns from the mistakes of others. Yeah, hey, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, very, very good. Well, again, Chris Rowe is with us, Rowe Hunting Resources. And, again, mark your calendar now. Come to the ISE January 10th to 13th, and uh, we're working out some scheduling things. for. Unless, Chris, you already know, I've got a few things from John of when you'll be speaking, but uh, I know you'll be there uh, doing some great seminars, and yours are always one we need extra chairs for. So um, we'll be promoting these uh, as we get closer to the ISC. Uh, but Chris will be there. Well, Chris, let's start it off with row hunting resources. And, um, you know, for those that uh, I assume most that listen to our show know of you and have heard you before, but um, let's kind of reset and just give a little bit of your background and then, uh, you know, how you started row hunting resources. And then we'll talk about what all uh, you have to offer us. Sure, sure. So, yeah, I started, I, you know, back when I was a kid, I always wanted to work with wildlife. And so I moved into the world of wildlife biology, got a degree in wildlife biology, really focused on and, and um, was always passionate about behavior, uh, wildlife, animal behavior, behavioral ecology. And so as I moved out of that and got a job, you know, our, we, my wife and I, my wife's also a wildlife biologist. Um, we started a company, started working, and I you know, I was always in the hunting industry uh, in some way, shape, or form, and I was blessed to be invited to be on with Primos for a while back back in the days when they had their pro staff, and, and the pro staff was the ones giving out seminars. So I'd be going out and giving seminars, but I always would impart some of the behavioral ecology, vocalizations, communication, behavior, what, why are animals doing what they're doing, and how do we use that to our advantage? Well, people really enjoyed that, and so when technology and basically the Internet got to the point where it became very easy to share that information on uh, the Internet and, and, you know, on a website-type platform, mm-hmm. we started Row Hunting Resources. So we've got a bu- I do quite a bunch of different things, uh, but from an educational standpoint, like we're talking about for the Denver ISE show, that seminar, if people want to learn about elk behavior, elk vocalizations, communication, why they do what they do, why they say what they say, what their communication means, and how do we use it strategically, the, the Roe Hunting Resource, Huntingresources.com website has the ability for people to subscribe to different modules. So we've got an elk module, a turkey module, and a whitetail module. But the elk module is by far the most in-depth. There's over 40 hours of in-depth educational videos that are it's all it's it's all video based there's some videos there that's just me sitting talking and and basically providing a lecture but there is a significant portion of it and this is the key a significant portion of it is me or my wife going out and videoing elk doing elk things not some of it's in a hunting scenario a lot of it however is not in a hunting scenario so you get to sit and watch the behavior you get to sit and listen to them vocalize you get to sit and hear what they are saying, you know, what, how that vocalization sounds. It gives you the opportunity to practice with it, number one. But number two, and this is the key, I think, for uh, what we provide, is it allows you to sit and watch what they're doing and then be able to see, okay, who did that animal vocalize to? What was the reaction or what was not the reaction? Mm-hmm. What was that bull doing? What did the cows do or what did the cows do and what did the bull do? And you get to sit and watch that behavior. So now, rather than being in a situation where you feel pressure because, you know, a bull bugled or you've got cows moving down the ridge, 
and you feel pressure that you need to get that shot off, you need to do something, well, if you understand what you are seeing and you have, an, you have a, a, I guess if you want to call it a library in your brain of, of experiences where you've watched these scenarios before, right? a lot of times you might realize that, wait a minute, no, that bull is doing X, Y, Z, and because I've seen it several times on Chris's website, I know what they're doing. I know what he's going to do, and I know that I might have a little bit more time. Or, or I know now what he's doing, so I know that I need to call in this manner as opposed to this other manner. So it just helps. It, it really does help you practice. It helps you learn, and it helps you be a lot more effective in the field when those chances, you know, when those opportunities present themselves. Because, uh, like you said, we get in these some years. We get these tough years where you might be out there. I mean. For those of us, you know, that only you know, maybe you've got jobs and families or whatever, and you've got a three-day weekend that you can go out, man, mm-hmm. every single little opportunity you get, you want to be able to capitalize on. Sure. And then for those that go out there for a week or two, and you've been just grinding for, say, 10 days, and then all of a sudden it just one little spark kicks and it kicks in, man, you want to be able to capitalize on that opportunity in the most effective and efficient manner, and that's what we do on the website for the educational stuff. So, right, and then we run the hunts out here. I, I've got some. I manage properties and help people, whether it's elk properties, whether it's deer properties, and so I, I currently live in Kansas, Northwest Kansas, right now because I manage a uh, well, a, I, I would say kind of like a cooperative of a couple landowners and a bunch of their ground. And I run the hunts, and I run the wildlife management programs, and, and you probably saw me on social media. We've got a sure. we've got a beaver issue that I'm trying to <laughs> <laughs> take care of right now. So we, I do quite a bit of different things. But, uh, yeah, the website and, and social media, that's it, most of everything I do is it's from an educational uh, standpoint, and that's where I'm coming from. So on social media or the website or YouTube or whatever, most of it's going to be some sort of educational component where people – can kind of gain experience from my experiences and, and hopefully put it to use in their in their efforts out in the field each year. Absolutely. Chris Rowe is with us. Again, that's Rowe Hunting Resources, R-O-E, huntingresources.com. And uh, I'm telling you, to be able to be able to gather this information in the comfort of your um, man cave or your office or your living room, whatever the case may be, and learn all these different things of all the hours that are spent uh, out in the field from Chris and his wife, um, man, can be extremely, extremely beneficial for you. And uh, they cover a lot of different topics. And uh, also, we're going to uh, kind of talk about the hunts he has to offer, too, because, uh, boy, it seems like with all the way the different tag systems now in our state, Chris, a lot of people are frustrated with that. And uh, everything is a, uh, you were mentioning to me there for uh, uh, non-residents is a draw. So let's, let's kind of talk about that a little bit um, for those that may sure. be interested in hunting with you and what they need to do now. Well, yeah. So in the past, you know, you could, uh, as a non-resident, uh, like you said, every deer hunting uh, is draw. It, you, you've got to you know, apply in April. Usually the the application period for Kansas is the month of April, so it opens up early in April and it ends at the end of April. In the past, uh, most hunters could probably just go, especially archery hunters, could just apply, even if they had zero points, and have a very, very strong chance of drawing that tag. Well, like most other state agencies, uh, the Kansas Department of Fish and Wildlife has, has really stepped up their, I guess, their ad campaign or whatever. Mm-hmm. But 
the demand for people wanting to come hunt in Kansas has increased to the point now where it's getting to the it's now you pretty much almost need a single point to be able to, to draw that tag. Yes, can you draw with zero points? Yes. But where it used to be an 80% chance with zero points, now you're probably down maybe 50%, maybe 40, 30 or 40%. We had a couple of our longstanding hunters that usually come out, did not draw their tag this year uh, for the first time. So wow. I tell people, if you, want to, if you want to come out and hunt with us, and I'll talk about what we do here in a second, but if you want to come out and hunt with us, what I would say is, Get a hold of me. Send me an email. Uh, you can just either contact at rowhuntingresources.com or heck, you can even send it to chris at rowhuntingresources.com. But if you wanted to come hunting, send me an email, and I can just at least point you in the direction and say, okay, come this April. Maybe, you know, if you want to try to come out and maybe deer hunt or turkey hunt or whatever, turkey is easy. That's over the counter. But from mm-hmm. a deer hunting standpoint, if you want to get on the draw, I'll help you through that. But it's almost best to say, okay, let's just go jump in for a preference point this year and then plan for 2020, and then you're guaranteed. Sure. Uh, if you really want to come out in 2019, you just throw in for the for the draw and, and see what happens. You know? Gotcha. But we, what we do out here is I manage, it's not my ground, I don't lease it. Uh, I'm not technically an outfitter per se. I do run the hunting programs for these landowners. But what we specialize in is just kind of a, more of a quality hunting experience. So it's, I mean, we, I tell every hunter that walks through the door, I will shake your hand just as hard if you shoot a two by two, if, as if you shoot a two Oh two. Right. Um, so it's all about what you, because the way our habitat is, it's such long linear corridors and, um, the deer movement is such, and the home ranges are such that even though we manage for an older age class animal, Typically, and we like to we like to encourage our hunters to shoot older age class animals. A lot of times, some of our best bucks, you know, they might be there for a week or two, and then all of a sudden they vanish and they're gone for a while, and then all of a sudden another buck that we've never seen comes through. And so, there's so much influx and outflux of different animals. We don't try to just hem people and just shoot what anim- whatever animal makes you happy. Uh, we had a couple hunters this year that killed their best bucks of their lives this year that were probably high 120s into mid 130s which is a great year but we are not the typical you know trophy can you know kansas type outfit we we don't hunt corn piles we don't hunt i mean i do a lot of food plots we do some uh meaningful supplemental feeding in the in the winter if we need to but this is about coming out i've got tree stands put up ladder stands put up ground blinds put up we've got uh food plots in place i know where the deer movement is we've got sanctuary areas where we don't touch i mean it's it's just a place where somebody can come and say you know what i just want to come out and just sit in the woods or sit in a blind and (laughs) know that it's peaceful i'm not going to be disrupted by anybody i have a shot at shooting an absolute giant but I can shoot whatever I want when it comes through and just have a good time, right. high-quality hunt. So our archery hunts are seven full days. Our rifle hunts are typically five full days. Uh, and, but, I mean, we do smaller ones, too, if people just need a weekend type of deal. But mm-hmm. it's, just, it's just a fun experience. We try to make it to where uh, families can come out and just, you know, and typically when you draw, a, you know, like I say, a non-resident deer hunter draws a tag, they're going to be issued a doe tag 
as well as their either sex tag. So it allows you to come away with two deer, and you're you're able to purchase at the at least as of right now. You're able to purchase up to five additional doe tags. So if someone wow. wanted to come out and fill the freezer, <laughs> oh yeah, come out and fill the freezer. It's uh, fun. It's a fun hunt. Absolutely. Now, what do you, what do you offer as far as lodge? Uh, do, do people do hotel? Do you have places there to stay? How does that work? All of the above, actually. So we do not have a separate house. What we do is there's a couple options. If someone wants to have their own experience and just want to have a place to hunt, you absolutely can stay in any of the area hotels, or there are a few hunter, what called, you know, quote-unquote hunter houses or hunter lodges around here that you can uh, call and kind of reserve your own little space. There's also in town, I'm, we're based out of the small town of Logan, so if anybody's familiar with northeast Kansas, well, if you know where Norton or Phillipsburg are, we're smack dab in between those and just a little south. We, we are most of the properties are along the North Fork of the Solomon River and slightly north in, in some of those tributaries. So in the town of Logan, there's actually a little camper hook. There's a little campground there that has some hookups for campers. So we've had a couple of our hunters that will just put, bring in their fifth wheel, and they'll set up there, and, and they just run out of their own little camp there. Gotcha. But we also, you know, depending on what you want to do and, and the experience you want, we have a guest our guest room in our house and you know for a separate you know daily rate we'll feed you and you can stay here with us and just hang out and have a good time now i just tell people a if you're going to stay with us strictly non-smoking i just i just can't handle cigarette smoking i don't blame you and but then the other thing is is we've got animals so we've got cats and we've got dogs so i mean if, if you're an animal person and you're a friendly person then hey come on stay with us but if you want to do your own thing, there's plenty of different options. And, heck, there's places and opportunities. If you wanted to bring your camper and just camp out on the property, you could do that as well. So right. anything that people want to do, we try to be very amenable to it and make it make it something that is, is special to them and, and fit their style of hunting and what, they, what they're looking for. Great. Good. Well, Terrell, we got to take a short break. Again, if you'd like to get in touch with Chris, of course, you can email us here at Sportsman Colorado. We can get you all this if you're driving around and can't write this down, but you can email him at chris at rowhuntingresources.com or contact at rowhuntingresources.com. And um, I'm going to look at this. I've been saying this for several years, but I'm going to look at this myself, Chris. I'd, I'd love to come out and hunt with you, man, watching all you do. And, you know, real quick before I break, I, uh, what I like, too, you know, um, you're big on the education part. So, you know, from what I gathered from you and, and, and listen to your seminars and all the two, it's not just where you want to put someone in a blind or a stand or whatever and just sit there and have them shoot something and then it's over. I mean, it, you know, you, right. you try to give that client a lot of education, too. Well, yeah, let's touch on that a minute. Take your break a minute and let's touch on that because I think that's a valid point and it's something a little bit different. So, yeah, okay. absolutely. All right, great. You're listening to Sportsman of Colorado. My name is Scott Watley. Chris Rowe is our special guest today, rowhuntingresources.com. This segment's been brought to you by our friends at Green Mountain Guns. They're located at 3355 South Yarrow and Lakewood. Now, Black Friday was just yesterday, so uh, again, but a lot of great deals going on there. It is Smith & Wesson month uh, this month. They have uh, new new weapons. They have got pre-owned. They do consignment. They do estate sales, all of that at Green Mountain Guns. When you go in, mention you heard them here on Sportsman of Colorado. We'll be right back with more with Chris Rowe right after this. 
Mark your calendar. The International Sportsman's Expo coming January 10th to the Colorado Convention Center. For the entire family, your life outdoors begins at the expo. Discover the latest equipment, the best adventures, learn from experts, and try the gear. Pass on the tradition or start a new one. Your life outdoors begins at the expo. The Sportsman's Expo coming January 10th through 13th to the Colorado Convention Center in Denver. This is Red Merrill for Phoenix Weaponry. Phoenix Weaponry is a weapon manufacturer that services the firearm enthusiast. From precision ARs to suppressors, Phoenix Weaponry can make your dreams come true. Phoenix Weaponry is a full-service gun shop that offers gunsmithing, coating, and modifications to your own weapon. Phoenix Weaponry, family-owned and operated right here in Colorado. If you can dream it, Phoenix Weaponry can build it. Call today, 720-340-2496. Again, that's 720-340-2496. Or visit their website, phoenixweaponry.com. Mention Sportsman of Colorado and receive 10% off your custom-built weapon. Hi, this is Scott Watley. Let me tell you what I love about Stack Optical. They are truly one of the last optician-owned, family-owned optical stores. At Stack Optical, you can be confident you'll receive personal attention. For over 50 years, Alan Stack has shown he really cares about making his customers happy. Stack Optical also has a beautiful new location at 2233 South Monaco Parkway in Denver. Free and easy up-close parking. Stack Optical has an on-site eyeglass production lab. Whether you need office eyewear or a new set of shooting or golf glasses, Stack Optical has the solution with the Stack Sport Pack. Give them a call today and ask for their $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. That's 303-321-1578. Your eyes and vision are one of the most important things in life. I'm confident at Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. That's 303-321-1578, stackoptical.com. Ladies, I know you're tired of walking into the local gun store and seeing the same old thing. So let me tell you about Rampart Firearms. Just a quarter mile up Highway 67 off of Santa Fe and Sedalia, you will find a great selection of guns, ammo, tactical, and personal defense weapons. And if you or your spouse love to hunt, Rampart Firearms is a great stop for all of your hunting needs. Shotguns, rifles, pistols, anything from predator hunting to your next big game trip. Head to Rampart Firearms at the foot of the Rockies. Open six days a week, Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. And you will only pay a 4% tax on your purchase. RampartFirearms.com, 720-468-0050. That's 720-468-0050. Rush to Reason with John Rush. Weekdays from 3 to 7 on KLZ 560. Welcome back to Sportsman of Colorado. If you're just joining us, Chris Rowe is with us. RowHuntingResources.com. And if you missed our first segment, uh, check it out on our website, SportsmanofColorado.com. And uh, that will be up very quickly and um, all through uh, next week and all. But Chris does a fantastic job with a lot of different things with elk, deer, turkey, all of this. And you can get a great education. And he will kind of go through uh, before we end this segment, too, again, how you can become a member of this and um, get on Chris's website. Again, that's rowhuntingresources.com. Chris also offers some hunts and um, with whitetail, turkey. Um, Chris, I'll let you go through all the different things that you do there. But we were kind of talking 
talking right before a break there about, you know, the education part of this and what you try to deliver more of an experience than just a, a guide sitting beside somebody and telling them when to shoot. So talk about, about yeah. you kind of your philosophy on um, taking someone yeah, no, and and like you said, you you know, I, I appreciate you. I well, social media is great because you kind of you know you can kind of live vicariously yep. through other people. So I follow you, you follow me, so you get to see a little bit of what we do out here. And and you're absolutely right. I think that was a. I appreciate you bringing that up because I didn't even think about that. But you know, for us, even though we've got oh my gosh, I don't even know how many several thousand acres you know is is in the total cooperative right now, but. Realistically, we do not run a lot of hunters. Uh, most of the time, we're talking a single or you know maybe a person and their friend. Very rarely, it'll be three people hunting a particular property. I don't have any problems with putting a group in, but if that group comes, it's going to be friends. It's going to be a father and, and their kids, or it's right. going to be a group of friends that are all they know one another. And they're all coming together. I don't mix and match groups. I don't put strangers with strangers unless I've got two singles. You know, say one guy wants a book and then another guy wants a book, and they both request that, hey, I'm, you know, I'm open to hunting together with somebody else. And then, then at that time when they are here at their hunt, they can choose if they want to hunt near one another or, or similar properties or whatever. But most of the time, you know, you come or you book, it, you, we're going to set aside that week or whatever days that you want to hunt, and, and you've got the places to yourself. Even though there are multiple stands and multiple uh, ground blinds and multiple areas to hunt, the educational point that you touched on is, I think, key. Because, yeah, I don't sit there and just say, okay, tomorrow you're going here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I roll, I, you know, we leave in the morning, I drop you off, and then I say, okay, sit there till noon, I'll pick you up. No, 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 no. <laughs> What? Yeah, you've seen it. So, yeah, no kidding. Regardless if you're staying here with us, and st- you know, at the house, or whether you're staying on at camp or whatever, we kind of we we kind of dub it as a as an assisted DIY. Yeah, all the tree stands are in place, all the ground blinds are in place, but you're going to come. I'm going to check your license. I'm going to give you written permission. I'm going to give you a map, and I'm going to go through. And especially if you have Onyx maps or whatever in your phone, or your tablet or whatever. I'll go through and say, okay, here are the properties, here's the boundaries, here's the stand locations. And then each day, at the end of the day, we'll sit there and powwow and we'll say, okay, the wind direction is coming this way. This way, These particular stands are probably good for that wind direction. Uh, this is what I've been seeing for deer movement. This is probably where they're going to be coming from. And so maybe you'll have two or three or four different options to choose from based on that wind direction or based on deer movement or whatever. I'll go through that with you and explain why I think it's important to consider some of the different, you know, aspects of what's going on. And then you, the hunter, get to choose and say, okay, well, I, you know what, I think let's, let me go hunt this ladder stand or let me go climb into that ground blind or whatever. And absolutely, if, if it's a side, we'll go through it, and I will steer you in the direction, obviously, that I think would be best. But if there's a, uh, if it's a crapshoot and, and there's a, you know, a choice to be made, mm-hmm. I will absolutely make your choice make it your own it's your hunt you have the ability to come out and go wherever you want to go and and do whatever you want to do within reason obviously but i'm going to help try to educate you on why are deer doing what they're doing where are they moving why are they moving what's the wind pattern going to do the whole nine yards so that way when you're done with this hunt a you had a great time b you understand why you were sitting in places you understand why the deer were moving the way they were. 
you had a choice in where you wanted to sit. You didn't get just plunked down in, in front of a corn pile somewhere and, and then picked up later. It's, it's a very personal educational experience. So that way, even if you come hunt with us once and you say, you know what, I want to go do this in Nebraska or, or some other place in Kansas and DIY it or whatever, well, hopefully now you have a better understanding of whitetail movement and behavior. And depending on the point in the season, whether we're talking early, you know, whether grunting or whether rattling or decoying or whether we're late season or what, all of those aspects, we can help with the educational aspects to where when you get done with the hunt, it just seems to be a lot more enriching, mm-hmm. a lot more satisfying. And I, again, we, we do have a significant number of our hunters that come back year after year or want to come back year after year for that reason. So yes, if you want to come, pretty much let me know so we can get you in the cycle and on the list, so to speak. But um, yeah, it's not your typical, you know, I'm going to grab you by the, the scruff of the neck and say, okay, go over here, climb into that stand. I'm going to sit over here and watch you. And then, you know, no. Right. <laughs> this, is, this is make it your own and, and enjoy it. Absolutely. Again, Chris Rowe is our guest. RoeHuntingResources.com is the website. Check it out. A lot of great um, modules there, uh, basically covering elk. And, and Chris, you've you got your whitetail, you got turkey. And, um, you know, you, if you get hunters a lot from the West and Colorado and all, where they're used to mule deer, what are kind of just a few top of uh, the main differences when you go to hunting whitetail Guys are like, wow. Guys or gals, I should say, uh, are like, wow, man, that's so different than a mule deer. Or are they pretty close to the same when hunting? No, I, you're you're absolutely right. It, you're talking about a difference, a species that is adapted completely differently based on the essentially historically the habitats that they typically come from. So we we normally associate mule deer with generally more open habitat. Uh, whether that's out west in the mountains, whether we're talking about out the, the plains or sagebrush, rolling hills, or whether we're talking about out here in western Kansas, they're generally going to be in those open pasture lands and CRP and, and kind of some of that open country. Whitetails, on the other hand, are very well adapted to more thicker cover and closer, tighter habitats. The reason why that matters is because it really does affect essentially their entire life cycle, but especially their breeding cycle and their behavior. So mule deer bucks will loosely develop some, uh, for lack of a better term, a harem. So you'll see a, a mature mule deer buck in an area of a bunch of does, and he'll generally stay in that area with that bunch of does. Whitetails, on the other hand, are very individualistic, and they will cruise and they will move a lot. I mean, they will cover serious country in search of a doe. Once he finds a doe, breeds her, he just moves on. He doesn't keep a harem. He doesn't maintain a territory per se. Uh, but the other thing it does is whitetails are very, very adapted at using their nose, not only for defense and, and you know, um, detecting danger, but from a communication standpoint. White or mule deer generally are a little bit more of a visual species. They they absolutely are a little bit more of a visual animal. So there is a difference when you're hunting whitetails versus when you're hunting mule deer. Uh, but that is part of what a lot of guys and gals, whether you're coming from the west, you, well, I guess that there you go. I mean that's that's the allure of being able to hunt both species because it right. is a different experience 
than most people are used to. And that's the other thing, too, is whitetails are generally a little bit more aggressive. And so decoying, rattling, calling, because they're adapted to more thicker environments, because they know that they typically aren't necessarily going to be able to see one another, they've adapted themselves from a behavioral strategy and a reproductive strategy where vocalizations matter and what they hear and what they encounter with one another matters to where you can absolutely call them very effectively during the rut. Rattling, grunting, decoying, it's its just a blast. It's right. a blast. Wow, that's awesome. Again, Chris Rowe is our guest, and um, International Sportsman's Expo, January 10th through the 13th. Chris will be speaking there a few times. I uh, hope you'll come out and see us. We will be getting some passes we will give away um, here in the few coming weeks, and uh, we will be there as well uh, with our booth for Sportsman of Colorado Radio, and we would love to see you there. You know, you mentioned the rut, and, uh, you know, man, I tell you, you talk about something that can just – drive guys crazy just trying to figure all that stuff out and i know from the biologist side of you you've done seminars in the past on hunting during the rut and all so uh right now our mule deer uh, kind of ruts going on a little bit and everything now so uh kind of talk about that a minute um you know and hunting during that time during the rut well and this is coming i haven't my, me personally i have not had a chance to hunt mule deer in the rut for a very very long time but you know living like i said living vicariously through my friends i can tell you that in certain areas in colorado right now it is cranking it's, mm-hmm. it's definitely turning on big time the best advice i can give anybody right now is those bucks are going to be in and around and cruising they're going to be with those does so if you can get in you know, when you're talking about early season, say you're talking about, you know, early, you know, September, high country stuff, whether it's with a rifle or, uh, you know, the, with archery equipment, a lot of times you're talking about trying to go out and find those bachelor groups of bucks and finding those mature bucks off on their own or maybe with another buck somewhere isolated away from those doe groups. This is not that time. If you, you want to get out there and try to find those doe groups, get out there and locate as many pockets of does as you can and just start watching and picking them apart because there's going to be a buck in there somewhere. And don't be discouraged if all you see initially is maybe a couple small bucks. I had a buddy of mine just recently. He just filled his tag. He, just, he had an archery tag, but he just filled his uh, tag yesterday on a beautiful buck you know, the past couple, several days leading up to it, he's like, man, I'm finding the does, but just small buck, small buck. I really can't. And all of a sudden, boom, there's a big one. Missed. Oh, well, didn't work. And then, man, can't find one, can't find one. Boom, there's another one. So they are there. They're going to be there. They just might be tucked. They don't get big by being stupid. And so a lot of sure. times they may not be out there just standing broadside, you know, waiting to catch an arrow or, or catch a bullet. But find those doe groups. Sit, watch, be patient. Take your time, glass, don't bump them out, don't push them out initially, just let things unfold, watch them, and see where they're traveling, how they're traveling, when they're traveling, and just keep your eyes peeled because those bucks are going to be there. The bucks are going to be piled in around those doe groups right now. So Hmm. good binoculars and spotting scopes are going to be your friend if you're hunting those open country areas. Right, but if you're in thicker cover, just find where those does are and just take your time. Yep, absolutely. And you know, trying to figure it out. You know, I mean, guys, we we're running with some this year. Uh, we're talking about. Well, I always book this time because that's the rut. And you've talked about that before, man. It 
just name some of those few factors that depend on the rut and you can't book your hunt every year because it was a rut last year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is, I mean, you know, generally speaking, the Oscoda period drives how, when those does are going to cycle into estrus. However, weather patterns are going to definitely change where they are on the landscape. You know, when you're talking Colorado and a lot of some of those great mule deer areas, you're talking there's a lot of elevation. You know, they could be up in the high country, they could be down way down on their winter range. Depending on what that previous summer moisture was and the fall moisture was and then how severe the winter is, is you know, the fall weather is going into winter, yeah, if you've got a unit that's generally low elevation and then the weather is just really nice and the deer stay high, that doesn't matter that, you know, you, know, you drew that tag during the rut. That's fine. They're just not where you are. So, yeah, each year is a little bit different, but I, you know, I, I agree. There's a lot of people that love, love, love hunting this simply because a lot of those bucks will come out of the woodwork. However, it can be somewhat a little bit unpredictable where they just might be. That's why there's other people that like that high country experience, the earlier seasons, because if you find them, typically they're not going to go anywhere for very long. So it's all crapshoot on, it all depends on the experience you want and, and what kind of, uh, well, there you go, what kind of experience do you want? Do you want to have, you know, have that where you've got that buck that's big old neck swollen up, I mean, big old heavy body monster of a buck in the late November <laughs> down chasing does or do you want to go up there and try to pick them apart up in that high country stuff when they're a little bit sleeker a little bit you know they're a little bit skinnier just they're they're a little leaner but still in velvet and traveling together and a little bit more predictable so sure but no this, this time of year a lot of people love, that's why the preference point that's why it takes a little bit more usually too so Absolutely. Um, so I ask you uh, before we start taping today of um, what your topic was going to be on ISC. Can you share just a few things what you'll be talking about? Absolutely. Yeah, and and it really stems from my experience this past year. It, it, the title is "Don't Blow Your Hunt." And the, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm glad I get to it, introduce it, you for that because I could. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> well, and, it, and like anybody that's, that's listened to those. Uh, my seminars again. I, I really stress the behavior. I stress the vocalization and communication. And so, when we're talking about especially early season archery hunts or muzzleloader hunts, or we're talking about that first rifle season, uh, even in the, the or the first limited or the first rifle season, you know, you calling is is very effective. I mean, call, there's no question that calling is extremely effective on hunting elk. The problem is is if you don't understand what you are saying and why you are saying it. Mm-hmm. Okay, if people just, I, I, I deal with this every year, and this is not me and just my observations. This is me having people come to me and ask me these questions. Is uh, Elk are out communicating for very specific reasons. They're not just out there throwing out sounds willy-nilly. They're, they're, it's their vocabulary. It's their words. It's how they communicate. So, those sounds have very specific meanings and connotations. Well, likewise, there are certain times when they will vocalize a certain way, but there are other times when they're not going to vocalize in a certain way. And so what I oftentimes see is, especially now with, uh, we've got YouTube, we've got Facebook videos, we've got Instagram videos, we've got all the social media and all the electronic platforms now to where people can watch hunting videos and hunting shows and celebrities and 
and I'm going to throw myself in there as well. There's a, I, I talk about this all the time. I talk about whether it's on the website or the, the hunting app that we have. You know, it just I, I give people advice on calling strategies to employ at certain times. But the thing is, is if people don't stop and take the time to understand what that vocalization strategy is actually saying and doing, a lot of times you can set yourself up for failure. And so, you know, I saw this year, uh, this year our archery season started very early. Well, early season, a lot of times in many areas, our bulls are not overly fired up and aggressive when they're bugling. However, you will see some people out there in the, in the, in the field just absolutely blowing trees down, <laughs> screaming in their, their bugle tubes, <laughs> you know, at the end of August. Because why? Because they watch videos from people they admire, and they see these elk hunts that they thought were absolutely incredible, where a bull is screaming in their face, and they, the other hunter's screaming in that bull's face, and it's going back and forth, and you know, they're quote-unquote challenging him, and all that bull came in for a fight. Well, what they didn't take a second to think about was the video they watched was from later in September, mid-September, whereas here they are in, in say, for instance, Utah, so anybody draws a Utah cat, a lot of the Utah hunts start August 15th. Well, that's a, from a behavioral standpoint, that's an entirely different animal. Now, that's not to say you can't use bull vocalizations to communicate with them and actually call them in. But if you don't use the right technique, just because you're communicating doesn't, or using vocalizations doesn't mean you're effectively communicating. And that's kind of what I want to talk about. And, and I'm not picking on any other celebrity or well, sure. you know, video, any, myself included. I talk about this all the time, and I will get questions from people to say, okay, Chris, I was on the, you know, the strategy app, and you know, I was using this aggressive strategy, and it didn't work. I'm like, well, but did you go through a passive or a targeted strategy? For, well, no, I, I wanted to do this. Okay. You wanted a specific engagement. You wanted a specific experience. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. The problem is you chose the wrong animal to do it with, and it, and it just completely blew that animal out of the picture. The other side, the, the second part of that, too, is, and I see this all the time, is say here we are, you're going to be out there for, say, a week hunting. Right. And on day two, a bull bugles, and you get you get into a situation where you get a chance to work that animal. I see a lot of folks that, I mean, again, I'm in the same boat. I've waited 355 <laughs> days right. to get out there and, and chase elk. And so I'm excited. I really want this to happen. And it's day two or maybe day three of my hunt, and all of a sudden I've got a bull that wants to work, and I go in and I get aggressive a little too quick well now if that ha if that happens in a lot of situations in a lot of places in colorado we can actually bump that animal and send that animal in a completely different pattern and that animal may adjust his behavior and pattern for three four five days a week mm -hmm. yeah he might come back and the elk might come back and they might settle down but will they do it while you are still there so there's a number of different aspects of what I see with my little and when I 
talk with folks and people ask me questions, sometimes we inadvertently set ourselves up for failure simply because we didn't take a moment to understand a little bit deeper of what they were doing, why they were doing it, and how our tactics may help us or sometimes, unfortunately, hurt us. Don't set yourself up for failure. Don't blow your hunt. All right, man. Well, we're going to look forward to this, and we'll definitely get you back on uh, between now and ISC to uh, kind of go through some things again. Again, check it out, Row Hunting Resources. And let's run uh, – got a couple minutes, Chris, so let's talk about what, what they need to do to become a member, how that works at a monthly deal. Um, how's it work? Sure. So if they go on, they're going to see the homepage, but then you're going to see the in, uh, right at the top there it says sign in, you know, sign up or log in. So – Basically, it's a subscription base, so it's kind of like an online library card, if you will. So you subscribe, and you can subscribe for just a, you know a three-month stint. You can do a full year if you want. There's a bunch of different packages okay. that you can choose from. The person can choose from. Uh, very inexpensive. You're talking twenty-five to fifty bucks, you know, depending on what you want. Typically, but it's very inexpensive. But when you sign up, it gives you full access to whatever module you chose for X amount of time. And you use it like a library card. You can get in there and watch every video that's posted as many times as you want. You can go back to it as many times as you want. You can, whatever you want, you, it, it's there for your use. There's a lot of information there. Plus, as we build more videos, which I will be doing this winter, as we build more videos, I upload videos. Everything that I upload and put in there just adds to that library, so you'll have instant access to it. So it's it's very, very easy. It's very intuitive. So when you get on that website, or whether you're doing it mobile as well, just R-O-E, rowhuntingresources.com, click on the sign up, choose what you want, go through the little dealio, it'll just walk you right through it, and it'll send you an email that says, here's your confirmation, your pat, you know, blah, blah, blah. You just click on that, and away you go. Just don't forget your... <laughs> email and password and, and if, if you do if you do or you know there's you know sometimes people will say okay well i wanted to use my paypal or a credit card that's associated with paypal but sometimes the way paypal is it's a little it's a little tricky so if you get into any sort of issue just hit the contacts it sends a kind of email to us we'll help walk you through it and get you signed up and dive in and the only thing i will say and i, I have to see this every time is there's a lot of really, really cool videos on there. However, don't just jump to the, 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 the you know the, the, the ice cream, so to speak. Sure. You know, start with the meat and potatoes. Start with the educational stuff. Go through it, and it'll make a lot more sense, and you'll get a lot more out of it, more enriching experience out of it, more knowledge out of it. But there's a lot of stuff in there. Have that. Um, enjoy it, and if you've got any requests or questions, by all means, send an email. Contact us; we'll we'll fire back with a with a response, and we'll get you lined up. All right, man. Hey, well, we appreciate it. Look forward to seeing you in January, and uh, again, I'll get back in touch with you, and uh, we'll get you back on uh, between now and then. So, I appreciate it very much. Right on. No, no, no worries. I appreciate you having me on, and uh, good luck. You got any more hunts coming up? I do have a. Uh, Private land cow tag that goes through the end of January uh, in Unit 51 here, um, awesome. kind of fairly close to the house. But uh, hopefully we'll we'll get us a cow here for sure. Well, good luck. All good right, luck. man. All right, that's Chris Rowe.
row hunting resources this segment was brought to you by our friends at the outdoorsman's attic they got a lot going on of course black friday being um yesterday and if you're listening to us on sunday uh we do re-air our show on sundays at 9 a.m and 4 p.m uh but a lot of great deals at the outdoorsman attic they've basically got about 20 percent off of everything in the store they've ac actually got some really cool pellet guns uh that they've got 20 percent off that does not include all their other firearms but they do have some great deals there clothing this is a consignment store for the outdoors and uh, really a store you must go and visit. They're located at 2650 West Hamden. I want to thank you for joining us today for Sportsman of Colorado and thank our guest Chris Rowe as well. Hope everyone has a great, safe weekend, and we will talk to you next week. expressed on KLZ 560 are those of the speaker, commentators, hosts, their guests, and callers. They are not necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ Management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country Station.